tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Barbecue sauce. Juice it up with Jordan's online at jordansjuice.com. Welcome back. It is the world famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast here on AMFM247.com. 50 plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world are good friends at tune in. iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and Stitcher. Also, download this episode on iHeartRadio. Check out the iHeartRadio app today for more information. We're going to get back into it with the Hills' Dan Perkins and our newspaper man, Donald Mazzella, here in just a few moments here on our big program. But let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is an amazing Kickstarter campaign. We love crowdfunding here, and we want to help these folks out. It's called the Snow Queen. It is Kickstarter.com. Search the Snow Queen. This is by Elino Ringo. It's a high-quality illustrated book of the fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, The Snow Queen, which inspired the Disney hit Frozen. Since my early childhood, I've been fascinated by the beautiful fairy tale, says Alina Ringo, The Snow Queen. I started to illustrate The Snow Queen, my favorite fairy tale by Andersen, about 15 years ago, long before The Frozen became a hit. Since then, my painting of The Snow Queen flying over the city became highly acclaimed and widely known. However, my other Snow Queen illustrations are less known, and now I wish to introduce them to the public as a majestic hardcover illustrated book. Check it out today at kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Search The Snow Queen by Alina Ringo and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get back into it here. It's our number three. We've got uh, three great segments today. First of all, we've got The Hills' Dan Perkins, also SB Digest's own Donald Mazzella, and tomorrow, quick little programming note, IQL Rizzoli will be out. Uh, we are going to have Dr. Jack Caravelli substitute, and he will be chatting with The Hills' Dan Perkins tomorrow afternoon here on the big broadcast. But, um, Dan, you have uh, a, a unique perspective to the whole economic crisis that seems to be taking place. I want you to kind of lead us off here, and then I want to get Don's thoughts on this as well because I know that he's been hearing from website readers and all sorts of people that they are terribly concerned about this economic crisis. So go ahead and jump in there, Dan. Thank you, sir. Um, the uh, the market uh, yesterday morning were off 1,100 points. They got down to only down about 150 points, and then they closed down about 600 for the day. So that's 1,100 say a thousand down uh and then another 600 on top of it so it's a huge day in volatility this morning overnight the the dow was up 600 overnight it closed today down 200 so it tried to rally and people who had not sold yesterday or thursday or friday of last week came in and hit it with a selling wave this afternoon, which took away the 600 plus 200 more, so another 800-point swing in the market today. What's driving this, and again, uh, I'd say to you, Jim, and and to Don, you you will hear this at least until after I 
start talking about this, you will not hear what I'm about to say probably anywhere else for a while. The problem is that we think about the, the Chinese economy being an incredibly robust economy growing at over 7% a year. What we don't realize that much like Greece, which had diminishing revenues and borrowed to the hilt to fund the operation of their government to the point that when they virtually were on the edge of default, their jet to GDP ratio was 177%. That means they were spending 77 cents per dollar more than they were bringing in in revenue. So they were borrowing money to fund their operation. A classic socialist, communist philosophy. You don't have it, borrow it. Borrow other people's money. What people do not realize is by and large that the debt to, to GDP ratio in the Chinese economy is 288%. That means even as robust as the economy is, growing at 7%, the amount of the debt of the country of China is 288% of what they're bringing it in. Now, why is that happening? China knew that in order to grow its economy, it, and it was going to move people from the farms to the cities, had to engage in a, a, a tremendous construction boom. And so they created what are called of, of uh, government entities, which are, were quasi-government corporations in private sector that went in and built roads to nowhere. They built towns that nobody lives in. They developed resorts that aren't finished, on and on and on. And they, they brought these entities to the capital markets in China and put them on the exchange and sold them. And what happened when the bills couldn't be paid because there wasn't any revenue, because you had see-through buildings and see-through towns, they started to have trouble with their debt internally. So they devalued their currency, trying to bring in more business, bring in more revenue to deal with their debt problem. But they couldn't devalue their currency fast enough that the capital markets didn't, didn't collapse. So it's the number one economy in the world. It's got a 282% a debt-to-GDP ratio. And it goes into trouble that everybody else in the world is going to be in serious trouble. So now the question is, are we in a correction in a bull market, or are we about to create a bear market, which means the stock market, which tends to be a leading indicator of future activity, are we headed for a recession 6 to 12 months down the road? So when the, well, when the Chinese began to set, when the <laughs> well, you know, now let me tell you something. It, it's, it's very interesting about recession. Recess. Nobody, nobody knows when a recession starts or when a recession ends. We know that two consecutive quarters of negative GDP is a recession. 
That's one measure. If you have a 20% correction in a market, it becomes a bear market, and that 20% correction would indicate that there is a recession in the offing six to 12 months down the road. Now, what's happening, Jim and Don, is that now there is talk of an additional quantitative easing in Europe through the EU, and people are beginning to question, does our Federal Reserve now need another quantitative easing, and are they going to buy stocks this time instead of bonds? So I can't tell you when. All I can tell you is that if we get a 20% correction in this market, and we're getting real close, 20%, the top being 18,360, 10% of that is 1,800, 20% of that is 3,600. 3,600 from 18,360 puts you in the 15,500 range, the 15,000 15, to 15. Five range, and that's where we are right now. We're not quite at 20%. But if this market does not hold at this, this 15,000 to 15,500 level, and I'm doing something that most people in my profession never want to do, the vulnerability of the market is to 1250, 12,500. But here's what's significant about that. If it does drop from 1550 to 1200, another 3,000 points. We already have oil at a price lower than when Obama took president, became president. We could have ourselves in a situation where the correction in the stock market may be so much that it wipes out the Obama gain. Well, and we know so that was the, coming. Well, so so what do you do? Uh, should you sold uh, Thursday or Friday? Probably not. In fact, evidence goes back to show that if you sold in the period of time from September of 2008 to March of 2009, the absolute low of the market, which a lot of people sold, you would found yourself out of the market and looking at what happened if you're a long-term investor, if you stayed in your position, most likely you would have recovered everything you were down and then some. And so the question becomes, you know, today, if you want to sell a stock and you want to go to the bank, the bank's going to pay you nothing on it. Money market funds are going to pay nothing on it. So I believe in buying and have for years and years and years of the philosophy of, of being paid while you're waiting for something to happen. So I buy income-producing investments. So they may go up and down in price, but the dividends keep coming. And the dividends is what gives you some stability. So if I said in my article for the, for the Hill, if you, if you miss opportunities back in 2008 when the market was falling apart, make a list of what you wanted to buy, see what the price is today, see what kind of cash you have, and then go put limit orders in the market to buy at a specific price. If you get it, as a, a gentleman I've known for a number of years who ran a very large mutual fund in the, in the market crash of 1987, I was there and involved in the market. He said, I never thought I would get a second chance to get rich again. 
I think there will be opportunity here, but people really have to understand that they don't panic. When I built the first sovereign debt mutual fund with MFS and Lombard ODA in Geneva, Switzerland, in the late 70s, early 80s, the, I spoke to Mr. ODA and I, Mr. Lombard, and I said, what's the difference between American investors and Swiss? And he said, Swiss investors make investment decisions based on fundamentals, and Americans make decisions on emotion. And they typically buy at the top and sell at the bottom. I've heard that before, and I think you're right on that one. Mm-hmm. So that's what's no, going no. on. It isn't, it isn't over with. China is the force. China's got very, very serious problems. Another example of a conflict, internal conflict, of a communist trying to be a capitalist, and it doesn't work. <clears throat> so, so does that so kill our uh, first bottom line, so the, uh, Dan, the bottom line is what? Bottom, bottom line, line is, is what? You look at your portfolio, you look and see if you have diversification. If you're being paid and the dividends are, they appear to be secure, stay where you are. And if you have some cash, look for an opportunity to average down to uh, pick up a little higher yield and a lower cost basis on your portfolio. Don't sell. Okay, That's good you. advice. <laughs> you got the part? You got the, on iHeartRadio at AMFM247.com. Now, uh, we were talking before we went to break about uh, Worst to First. I've nicknamed Joe Biden on this program Worst to First because he was the first guy to run for president the, la- the, the first time that Obama was running, and he was the first guy to drop out. He went from being the worst position to being in steps from being the president. Worst to first is back in the news, and uh, Dawn, we're going to lead it off with you. Um, what do you think about Uncle Joe, as uh, as Dan Perkins calls him? Uh, also, Josh Bernstein calls him Uncle Joe too, which is which is quite cute. But um, Dawn, what, what, what do you think about Joe Biden getting into the race? Well, you know, I think he's the first. I think other people will, will come into this. Um, into it. I think that they're all sensing that maybe uh, Hillary is uh, vulnerable. And uh, he certainly maybe, got a big pass. Maybe? Maybe she's vulnerable? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, we're going to see who's right. Dan thinks that she's the inevitable candidate. Um you know, you know, I've been saying for a long time that I, I, I didn't think she would be the nominee. But, you know, it was very right. interesting. Uh, uh, three different uh, publications today mentioned one thing. What, what does Obama know about the investigation that the rest of us don't know uh, into this, uh, uh, in, into the, uh, uh, the wiping of the emails? Uh, because clearly she's vulnerable on it, and... Uh, uh, if if they can, it's too long a time 
for them to delay not ma making the results public. And, and I, I think that's what's uh, driving all of this. Obama, uh, as smarter people than me have said, Obama wants to solidify his, uh, his legacy by having a Democratic uh, uh, president succeed him. And, the, and if, if he truly felt he would not have <clears throat> encouraged uh, Biden to go, go into it, he was not worried about the, the ability of uh, Hillary Clinton to be elected. Uh, it, 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 you know, I mean, she's given them simply too much uh, ammunition, and clearly it's starting to hurt because she finally broke her calm, as several people pointed out, when she said, well, what, did she, what would I do, wipe it with a, a, a wash rag? All of this tells you that the, the Democrats are worried. And don't forget, the presidential nominee, there's a lot of vulnerable states uh, where Senate and governorships are also up at 16. And then you start to look at the map, and the Democrats, if they have a, uh, if they have a candidate that is, is a disaster, it's also going to affect a lot of other races. And while a lot of people have said uh, that they will support Hillary, that uh, the soundings that uh, people have been finding is that support is starting to waver. And the fact that uh, Joe Biden came in just makes that. Now, uh, there is a chance that come Sunday he's going to say no, when he, or Monday when he has that big meeting with the... Uh, uh, bundlers, and but, but it's interesting that uh, the uh, Clinton clan, uh, camp is leaking all of these uh, <clears throat> people who say, "Well, we're, we're behind them," particularly in what in, in Los Angeles and California in the movie land. But you know, politicians, uh, smart politicians, look at the numbers, look at the electability. And when you have a majority of the American people saying they don't trust her and they don't like her, that is a big hurdle to overcome. And, uh, you know, no matter how much you, you lock up the politicians, when you come to the convention and you start to see the numbers, and her numbers are, are eroding, there's no question about it. <clears throat> so, you know, what do you say? I, I don't think it'll be Biden who's the presidential nominee, and if, she, if he's, he is, you can rest assured that Elizabeth Warren will be on the ticket with him, because that has got to be the deal that was worked out this Saturday. Uh, so, you know, it's a uh, one of the Chinese proverbs, may you live in interesting times. We are certainly living them right now with the stock market, with the Iran <coughs> Treaty. And by the way, that slipped off the front page, but it is still very much with with us. It seems as if <clears throat> he now has a veto-proof majority of the Democratic senators willing to go along with him. But if you look at every st every survey, including a very confidential Democratic survey, the American people simply do not trust the treaty, <clears throat> especially when it comes out with the these secret clauses, and, and that's the part that's really going to hurt. Uh, my friends in Capitol Hill say the Republicans don't think they have, have the chance to override, but, the, but they will rally uh, the American people.
and I'll stop and let Dan comment. Well, I, you know, I want to. I will start start back with Uncle Joe. Um, he um, uh, he had lunch with the president, I think, over the weekend, and it, the president gave him his blessing to go ahead and run, and and. There was this discussion about the meeting that he had with Elizabeth Warren. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I, know, I know a lot about the Constitution, but I'm not a constitutional lawyer. <clears throat> and I understand how politics works as much as the next guy. But I don't, I don't think Biden can, if he decides to run, I don't think Biden can run and Elizabeth and declare that Elizabeth Warren is going to be his vice presidential nominee if he wins because that would skirt the convention and i think there would be a lot of democrats who would be really angry yeah and so that i agree with you on that because i i wondered why why that came out and and you guys hit that right on the head go ahead didn't mean to interrupt jump in there that's all right no it's not a problem so i, I look at that and i'm saying you know what what is going to be her role is, her, is Elizabeth Warren's role going to be to attack Trump or Carly or, or the other candidates? And is she going to do it not as a candidate for president? I mean, I'm looking at it and trying to figure out how does this woman get the spotlight unless she makes the decision that she's going to run for president? So that the discussion may be that they're both going to run with the idea that if, if Biden were to win the nomination, Biden would choose her for his vice presidential. So I think you're going to have two candidates enter, two more entering. If Biden decides to go, then you could probably see the scenario that says that Elizabeth Warren also decides to run for president. I did a piece several months ago about what happens to a person the first time they walk on this stage and there's 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people in an audience, and they don't want to be surrogates anymore. They really want to win. And that's what's happening with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders probably has no chance of winning the Democratic nomination for anybody, <clears throat> including Hillary or, or Biden or Pocahontas or whoever. He's got no chance. He's a communist. He's a communist, and they're going to talk about that, and he's basically, America's not going to vote for a communist, period, end of story. So he's toast. So <clears throat> we've got a situation where um, they're both going to have to go in. Elizabeth Warren's going to have to become a candidate for president. Now the question becomes, if Pocahontas and Uncle Joe get in the race, what a combination, by the way, Uncle Joe and Pocahontas, Jesus. Anyway, um... Um, so, what kind of money can they raise? I mean, Hillary's got a lot of money, and she's got a lot, already got a lot of endorsements. Now, are these people who have endorsed her, the unions that have endorsed her, and the big money people that have promised to give money to her PAC, are they going to switch if Uncle Joe and Pocahontas comes in? Are they going to go somewhere else? You know, you, 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 you brought a point, Don, that I, I, I'm still, still wrestling with. If, if if somewhere it's well, somewhere between fifty two and fifty seven percent of the Democrats polled say flat out they do not trust her. 
Well, if that's true, if that's a true survey, why would she? Why would anybody want to consider her if the majority? How once once you've lost the confidence of the people that you're a crook and you're not honest and you lie, it looks like you're manipulating. Why would anybody in the Democratic Party think that she'd have any kind of a chance to win? I can't. I just don't see how that's possible. I know that there are people out there. By she, who are do you mean drugs. Hillary, or do you mean yeah. Warren? Hillary. No, I'm now, talking let me, about Hillary. Let, Hillary. Let, okay. Let, let me let me come in here and say, I uh, based on the, the events that I've seen, I believe you will find that, uh, and I'm going to throw out a name here that actually was whispered to me today, Michael Bloomberg. Yep. Yeah, I heard I that. Believe, yep, fact, I've heard that too. Uh, Rupert Murdoch is uh, pushing him to run for president, and and uh, he will be a formidable candidate. And I believe when all is said and done, that the, 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 the candidate will ultimately be not Uncle Joe, not Pocahontas, not Hillary, not Bernie, but someone uh, who is not right now in the race. We first, you first have to knock out Hillary. And I, and I believe that, that the only reason uh, 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 President Obama uh, endorsed Biden is he knows that somebody has to come in, because uh, if he doesn't and Hillary gets the nomination, it's going to be a disaster for the Democratic Party, provided that the Republicans put up a very credible candidate like Kissage or Walker or somebody, and not, and I don't believe it will be uh, Donald Trump, uh, because uh, I, I was talking to one of the top state operatives in New Jersey at two o'clock today. And he said that Hillary could not win this state. He's talking about New Jersey. Right. Uh, one of the bluest of did the you blue ask him if, Did you ask him, Don, if, if Trump could win New Jersey? Oh, Trump could not win New Jersey. Uh, Trump, could, because... as I pointed out, uh, um, Trump, in, in Atlantic County, where Atlantic City is and where the Trump uh, the hotels right. were, which is a heavily right. Republican county. Uh, mm -hmm. He could not win because of all the of the misdealings that he did to people in in Atlanta mm -hmm. County. I mean, okay. uh, it, it's unbelievable the antipathy there and in other parts of the state. Any place that he's ever okay. been. So that you know. Um, I don't. By the way, I don't believe it will be Trump because I eventually he will trip over himself um, uh, somewhere down the line. Uh, unless he's See, where, where, I disagree, where I disagree with you. What I where I disagree with you about tripping over himself. This man, for what three now four months, basically speaks extemporaneously. If he was going to step in the cow pile, wouldn't he have stepped in it by now? No. Because you, you have no idea. I've been on the campaign trail, and it is the most debilitating thing you have ever gone on. Uh, and where, where do people make mistakes on the, when they're tired, when, when they hit a roadblock, um, uh, when, when something goes wrong? Uh, you know, right now, Trump, make no mistake, Trump is, is actually doing the Republican Party a, a great service because he is 
saying what should be said by the uh, Republicans, and he's in, enabling the Republicans to look like moderates on all of these issues, so that when mm -hmm. they, instead, so when we come to the election, whatever who's ever in there, uh, they're they're going to look moderate versus Trump. He's doing a great a great right. favor to them. Uh, okay. But, but we really yeah, have we to look break. at the. Go ahead. I think I got 20 minutes to the hour. We got a break. Yes, yes, we do have it. We do have to take a quick break. It's going to be a quick one. We're going to be back with more here. Big broadcast. Here, I'm going to leave it to Dan. What What do we want to discuss here? I want to talk about the fact that uh, Ben Carson last night. Uh, released a, a, in essence, a policy paper that that chided the Democratic Party. And, and you both know that I did this op-ed piece called Black, Do Black Lives Matter to Black? And he basically, uh, and I had sent him a copy of the, the document, and I'm not saying he used any of it or all of it. I'm just saying last night that he needed to raise the issue. And what he's talking about in, in the fact that the Democratic Party has done nothing good uh, for the black people. I'm reminded when I heard him last night on Megyn Kelly, you might have seen the uh, email that we got from Don uh, with the various posters that were around the North Charles Barkley, um, the basketball player, basically uh, saying that the Democrats aren't really friends of the black people. And, and what, <laughs> yes. what, what Carson was saying last night is the same thing, that the Democrats have provided food and clothing, clothing and, and, and transportation and iPhones and everything else, uh, but they haven't given us jobs. They haven't given the black people jobs. And so they basically have kept them oppressed into the inner city. They haven't given them the best education. All the issues that I brought up in my the Black Lives Matter to Blacks, and uh, he said that the, the Black Lives Movement people were basically thugs. They were the people in, in Ferguson and Baltimore and New York and other cities around the country. Many of them are illegal aliens here from the, uh, uh, illegally from the outside the United States. Um, and they're not, they're no, they do not have the best interest of the black community uh, in mind when they're talking about the issues that Black Lives Matter. I saw the interview or the discussion on a cell phone video between Hillary Clinton and one of the leaders of the Black Lives Movement. Uh, I don't know where it took place, but I have to tell you, if you saw that and you listened to this person, this guy was either on drugs or absolutely, totally incoherent and had no idea how to put two words together to begin a sentence. Um, he, he was a, an extremely poor representation of whatever that movement is trying to do. And Hillary finally said to him, so you don't want me to talk to black people, I guess I'll just have to talk about white people to see how we can fix your problems. And um, he said, oh, no, no, I don't mean that. Uh, but he couldn't articulate what he was trying to do. And that's what Carson was saying. Like, they cannot articulate anything that they want to do. They want to stand up in the streets. They want to block the interstate highways. They want to protest in Ferguson, yada, yada, yada. But they don't want to do anything positive. And what he's basically saying, which is what I said in my op-ed piece, the black people have to start taking control of their own lives. 
They have to demand not food, not surplus cheese. They have to demand the opportunity to try and, instead of live in standardized housing, they need to get a job so they can buy their own home. And the unemployment rate of the black youth is, is atrocious. The unemployment rate in the adult black community has actually gone higher than Obama's been president. They're doing nothing about the murders of the black-on-black crime uh, in, in Chicago and Philadelphia and, and other parts of the, of the country, Baltimore, where these black people are killing black people in incredible numbers. And what he's saying, which I think I agree with him, is that the reason why black people are killing black people is, is rage and frustration of they can't get out of the bonds of poverty. They're, they're being basically controlled by the Democratic Party. And um, he was encouraging the, the people to get involved. Uh, I, at, at, at a, um, a friend of mine's uh, suggestion, when I did the, the op-ed piece on Black Lives, Do Black Lives Matter to Black? The first time I sent it to him, and he said, this is a wonderful piece. He said, it's very objective, it's not biased, it's not racially charged, it's very factual, you're, you're demonstrating your research ability. And he said, he sent me a link that took me to every black newspaper and magazine in the United States. And I made contact with every black magazine and every newspaper, black newspaper in the United States through email. Not one of them published the story. None. Zero. They were, I guess, afraid to face the reality. And Carson is saying to them, and I, I admire him for standing up and saying it, because he's challenging the Democratic Party. As I said in the piece, the Democratic Party is wants to keep the black people still in chains, the chains of poverty, the, the, the chains of government dependency. He doesn't want to release them to try and, and achieve the American dream. And I, I just think that it was a... I listened to him last night, very articulate. Yeah. And uh, he, he did a wonderful job, but he's talking about the same issue that I'm talking about, somebody who was involved in the civil rights movements in the 70s. Um, I just think that uh, this is... This, this 50 years of oppression by the Democratic Party, by willing to provide them with housing and food and transportation but not with an opportunity to succeed, is one of the things that if Carson continues in this race, which I believe he will, I think he's second in some polls behind Bush. So he clearly will be on the stage for the next debate. Um, I just think it's, it's... Yes, go ahead. Okay, well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you brought up the linebacker who, who returned the trophies. And, mm -hmm. and he had... Had, in the beginning, had so many positive responses to that. But if you read mm -hmm. the media, the, the, the onslaught of media pieces in the liberal press about how participation is so important, participation is so important, giving them a trophy is, is so important. But, but they failed, uh, and you brought up the point, they failed to talk about how this man is trying to teach them, teach his kids that you have to work for it it can't be given to you and you can't mm -hmm. uh, 
Okay. It was very interesting. The New York Times book review had a, a, a review of a, a book about uh, the Newark school system, which I'm a product of, and how um, uh, essentially uh, the reform movement failed in Newark because they didn't uh, bring uh, the whole uh, precy of the book is that they failed to bring the parents and the, the teachers into the uh, uh, into the process, and they finally, uh, Governor Christie finally uh, dumped uh, the superintendent, who was doing a great job of bringing uh, the schools up to snuff, and and the fact that they didn't bring the union in, uh, yet uh, in Newark, uh, and he had to admit inside the book that the charter schools were being more effective than teachers. I happen to have a long relationship with the uh, Newark uh, 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 Teachers Union, and a lot of, ironically, a lot of my classmates went into the Newark school system, and one of my classmates was actually the number two in the school system. And but what happened was that they 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 uh, changed the, the bias from uh, in, when I went to school, you had to work for your di diploma. When by the, by the 70s, all you had to do was show up, and you didn't even have to do that in order to get a diploma, and the whole s school system went to rot. So the, the you're absolutely right. Social, social promotion in the public schools. Social promotion. But the Essex County, where Newark is located, has been a Democratic stronghold for uh, now since 1950. And in that time, the Newark school system has gone from being one of the best school systems in the, in the United States to one of the worst. And mm -hmm. it, it, it uh, just proves your point, Dan. Um, it's interesting. Uh, someone said a few years ago that all you had to do is count the Mercedes and Cadillacs in the Board of Education uh, parking lot to understand what was going on. And I happened to pass by there. I went to uh, see someone in the hospital. Right next door was the, uh, uh, the Board of Education parking. And I counted. There wasn't a single uh, car under a BMW in that parking lot. There wasn't a single car under a BMW, which really set my teeth to jarring. <laughs> uh, I don't drive a BMW. I don't know if you do. but uh, I don't either. Anyway. No. Uh, but, but can I just, I want well, two minutes, I just want to yes. point out a very important topic, which perhaps we can explore next week. President Obama has sent letters to the insurance com commissioners of every state so, complaining that um, your health care uh, insurance, whether it's on the exchange or personally, has gone up at an average of 17%. Remember I predicted 13%? But right now, the increases are 17%. And if you remember, he promised that our uh, uh, health care insurance would go down under Obamacare. It's right. now averaging 17% across the country. And when you get your bills on October 1st for renewal, and it's already happening to small businesses, you're going to see that rate really skyrocket. And that's going to be another important issue. How do you protect the legacy where every one of your promises has not been fulfilled? 
I just I wanted to get that in this week because I think that's an important developing story that we have to follow over the next <coughs> uh, couple of months. September, October 1st, 30, 37-odd days from today, people are going to get their bills, and they're going to be shot. And, and the exchanges are already showing it, the, uh, the increases. And by the way, we spent over $700 million. You love to throw out numbers, so I'll throw out a number for you. $700 million in guaranteed loans to these special health care insurance companies that were set up under Obamacare. And only one of those uh, made a profit last year, and uh, 13 of them are underwater. So, you know, the whole Obamacare is falling apart, as everybody predicted. Uh, well, and let me ask you a question. That's why. John, yes. Let me ask you a question about that real quick, because I know we only got about five minutes left or so, maybe four. Uh, <clears throat> and I can hardly do anything in four minutes, but I'll try. <laughs> um, we know that. I thought you'd like, I thought you'd like that, Joe. <laughs> um, um, do you think, I'm, I'm asking a very serious question, do you think that if a conservative, a true conservative Republican, were to be elected president in, 2000, in 2016, that one of the first things he or she will do will to, uh, either through executive order or legislation to Congress, get rid of Obamacare. They will modify it greatly. You can't, you remember that, how are you going to keep them down on the farm once they've seen parody? You remember that old song? But the yeah. point is, there are parts of it, for instance, uh, keeping uh, children on it till 28. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, some of the other things on it, uh, people like. And if it's smart, and it can't happen, by the way, overnight. It's going to take two years of legislative action if there's a conservative Republican uh, president, even if there's not, even if it's a liberal um, president. Obamacare has to be fixed. The way it's set up, it can't work. Um, every study, the Kaiser Institute, every study that's been done says by 2020, if it's not fixed, the whole thing will crash. And that's what the liberals want, because they want a single-payer uh, national health uh, care. And that's what they're right. hoping, that it will crash. The, uh, the Whoever's the next president, if it's a Republican, and, and there's a Republican House and Senate, will have to uh, do some very effective. And, and here's where I really look to uh, uh, Congressman Ryan to, to lead the charge, because I've known him for many years and uh, from the, my health savings account days, and he is firmly convinced you take the best parts of it and keep it, and, and you modify some of the some of the outrageous things in it, uh, and it's going to happen, and you're going to start to see that. The three issues that will be dominate the uh, presidential election are jobs in the economy, health care, and and uh, the Iran treaty. Those are, and foreign relations, because we have to fix our foreign relations. And whether we like it or not, we are the nation, the world's policeman, 
and that is going to be um, uh, front and center. <coughs> don't forget. So you don't you don't, uh, you don't you don't believe that immigration will be an issue? I believe I, I don't. It will not be the issue upon which people will vote. They will vote on the economic issue first. They're going to uh, mm -hmm. uh, health, uh, foreign relations second, and health care third. Uh, w w come October 10, whenever our, our second week in October, we will be talking about the, the stories coming out about all of a sudden, wait a second, I'm up 15 to 18 percent in my health care insurance. And, and that's not only and that's not only uh, for people who buy it themselves, but people who also get it from corporations. The corporations are are seeing this as well. Well, gentlemen, I, I hate to cut you guys off. Uh, we're up against the clock. Uh, before I let you guys go, Don, how do we get a hold of you, my friend? DonMazzello.com, uh, Small Business Digest, uh, Mag.com and the hashtag 2SB Digest. And then Dan, uh, it's danperkins.guru, correct? Right, and the, and the foundation website is songs and stories for soldiers.us. We added uh, two more facilities which are announced on the, on the uh, website, and we're about to make a major announcement of a distribution operation. Uh, nonprofit's going to work with us probably in the next week to 10 days, so we're excited. Awesome stuff. Well, Don, we'll see you next week, and Dan, we'll talk to you tomorrow. You and Dr. Jack Caravelli will be chatting and uh, debating the issues of the day, and uh, we will see you tomorrow about 4 Central, 5 Eastern, and uh, that is that. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. We're going to take a break. Come back with more. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.